You're listening to the Get Fucking Real Show. Strap in as your host, Lisa Cherney, takes you on a ride full of GFR moments. From powerful messages to exclusive interviews to untold stories of super shitty moments before big successes and even real-life confessions. Lisa's been mentoring millionaire entrepreneurs for over 20 years, coaching top coaches and tapping her mighty woo-woo side to mentor the best of the best spiritual peeps. It's time to bring on the straight talk from successful, soulful entrepreneurs, inspiring you to live without regrets, to create your legacy, and be unapologetically you. And now, it's time to GFR. Life is too short to be a slave to your own dream Cause I'm working too hard And I want to feel so alive I jump out of bed because I love my life Living on my terms, I know that I will thrive Being myself, clarity will thrive So I'll stand out and be J-U-I-C-Y Hello and welcome to the GFR show. I'm so happy you're here. We're going to talk about being a hermit this week. And let me ask you this question. Do you get enough alone time? And I would have answered yes to this about a year and a half ago. And Now I know that I require much more alone time than I thought I did. And thanks to the pandemic, I got to actually experience more alone time, more downtime. I think I actually need more downtime, like where I am not needing to be like uh, kind of leading, interacting, serving. Like I I need more downtime than I thought I needed. And I actually really need alone time, like alone in my house time, which I hardly get at all anymore. (laughs) I used to get like three days a week in my house alone all day while Bella was at school and my husband was at work. And uh, I have not experienced that reality in the year, you know, 14 months. (laughs) And this conversation was super helpful to me. And I think it may be helpful to you too. I think it may help you accept parts of yourself and ways that you would prefer to be in your world that maybe you're not fully accepting because you feel like you have no choice all the way through owning that. And you'll hear Brigitte talk about how she tried to run a business for a long time where she would have enough clients and enough money and then not enough alone time and kind of have like a, you know, sort of a, a, a burnout period and then just totally get her alone time. And then, well, I need the money and she'd kind of go back. And so, and she just thought that's what, how, how it had to be. And so she now has a life where she gets 90% alone time, including what she calls a hermit week, which is the fourth week of the month. And she has a thriving coaching practice. So if you're curious, you're going to want to listen to this episode. Um, Another fun aspect of this episode is I have questions from Miss Bella. So if you listen to the episode released before this, you've gotten to know her a little bit better. But I told her I was interviewing a hermit who was a coach. And she's like, what? And she like spouted off all these questions. I said, you know what? I'm going to ask Brigitte your questions. So we have questions from Bella as part of the episode. So a little bit more about Brigitte is that she's a writer and master coach for predominantly women entrepreneurs. She shows them how to make a difference in the world without selling themselves short or changing who they are. And she has her latest book called The Art of Divine Selfishness. And she says, selfish is the key to getting what you want. And I just freaking love that. And you will hear that we are very aligned in the, you know, the GFR stand that I take for you creating a business that you love and possibly going against things that you believe and challenging your stories and all that. And she does the same thing when it comes to how to create your life and your business. She lives in the Netherlands with, with her man. And I love it. She says that she loves people, but in moderation. (laughs) And I totally get that. So I look forward to you getting to know her more and hearing more of her story. And without further ado, Miss Brigitte Van Tal. 
Brigitte, welcome to the GFR show. Thank you. And thank you for having me. I am so excited to have you. And I have like a million questions for you. I even have questions from both members of my family because <laughs> when I said, I am interviewing a hermit <laughs> on my podcast, <laughs> they were just like, what? You know, oh, does she this? And what about that? And how about this? And, you know, and I am really excited about this interview because just calling yourself a hermit is a freaking bold GFR move. So congratulations <laughs> on that. Thank you. Thank you. Have you always used that as a self-descriptor? No. I actually started using that word when, um, when I started working with um, an American business coach. I'm from the Netherlands. I'm Dutch. So I had worked with coaches before. Um, but they, those were Dutch. And, and the, the hermit thing was never really an issue. But then I started working with a business with an American business coach in 2012, and um, I had changed directions in my business, and I was basically building a new business. And uh, she was coaching me on that, and I used the term hermit with her for the very first time because I was very mindful whenever we talked about my plans and what I was doing in my business that whatever I was doing left me enough alone time and enough spaciousness in my schedule. And whenever we were talking about something, about something I was going to do in my business, and I could feel that tightness in my body where I could feel, oh my God, this just feels too busy and too crowded. And this, then I would say to her, hang on, my inner hermit isn't happy. And I think the first time I used that term. I don't know where it came from. It just came up. And she was like, <laughs> okay, in a hermit. And I said, yeah, yeah, you know, I'm extremely introverted. And it doesn't mean that I'm shy, but she already knew me by then. So she knew that. I said, it just means that I need a ton of alone time, just like a hermit. And, um, and she was like, okay, cool. And it was just so clear. So from then on, every time I referred to myself as, as a hermit, but always in those moments where I could feel, hang on, I need to hit the brakes here. This feels too busy, too crowded. And then I would always say my inner hermit is not happy. And then we knew yes. we had to make some changes and tweaks. Yeah. I love that. I, I really enjoy naming parts of ourselves <laughs> that, yeah. you know, kind of like just honoring that there is this part of me. And I know there's a psychology around parts work and all that. And, and I, and I respect that, but just even just in a more playful way, I think it still is super impactful to just like, like to say my inner hermit or my inner rock yeah. star or, you know, whatever, yeah. whatever it is to just really acknowledge that we have these different parts of ourselves that need to be fed in certain ways. And, yeah. So I love it, you know, um, and you yeah. mentioned this, you know, in my bio, like I have a fun fact section of my bio and I say that I'm lazy and, yeah. and you specifically mentioned like I'm lazy too. Yay! <laughs> yes. Yes. And I think it's so interesting that we have to kind of use these bold words that feel extreme, almost with a negative connotation, or at least in popular society would have a negative connotation just to claim yeah you know, something in the realm of that, you know, like I'm yes. lazy, like I say I'm lazy. And when I say, I guess it's probably like claiming the word hermit for you. Like when I say I'm lazy, I'm like trying to be a little bit, not shocking for shock value, but just kind of like extreme. Like yeah. I am lazy. I like to sit on my butt and watch TV and do nothing and let the Roomba yes. vacuum the house, you know, while, yes. I, while I sit yeah. on my butt, <laughs> you know, and, and that I, I need that. And I do think it's so important for, for people like uh, you and I, who are uh, out there as coaches and mentors and all that kind of stuff to, to claim that because people yeah. still will look at us and feel like, even if you say, even if Brigitte's like, I'm a hermit, they still might not like get it, you know, or really realize yeah. it. So we're going to talk more about it. So people really get the feeling for what that means for you and how you got there. But it's, it's so fascinating. Yeah. So I'm lazy. You're a hermit. Yes. I'm a hermit. <laughs> Love selfish and I'm selfish. Too. Yeah. Selfish. <laughs> yes. And of course you're, uh, I can't wait to dive yeah. into your book, the art of divine selfishness. And I don't read many books, but I want to read that book. And, <laughs> yeah. um, 
I love it. And you say selfish is the key to getting what you want. And I absolutely yes. agree. <laughs> yes. Yes. And boy, do we have, and not just women, because I live with a man who is extremely introverted, also not shy, mm -hmm. but extremely introverted. And it, so I don't think it's just women, although I understand why yeah. we typically uh, speak to women when we talk about that, because generally women have a, a harder time with that, but it is for sure not <laughs> just no. a, they ish, a women issue to, no. to be selfish. Oh my gosh. What? A, yeah. And it has such a bad rap. Yeah, it does. And why? Because truly everyone is selfish and everyone is doing everything for themselves always. Even when you think you do something for another, you do it for you because it makes you feel good. Or you avoid uh, confrontation. Yeah, <laughs> it's one or the other. <laughs> totally, totally. Yeah. Okay, so uh, let's 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 go back a little bit in your story. To the hermit. Yeah. Yeah, because I love. I just you know this show is about these GFR moments yeah. for a mission-driven entrepreneur that serves the next evolution of their business, or or you know directly or indirectly, and we've have you know, all kinds of examples of, of that. And so I want to make sure that we definitely cover this part because again, that's what I love about the conversations I get to have here because on in other conversations, it's sort of like, oh, I popped out this GFR, you know, lady who, you know, and it's like, no. And I, I will often say, no, I just want y'all to know I wasn't always like this, you know, because I feel like you know, it's easy for when we get into that comparing thing, it's easy to look at somebody else in the snapshot mm -hmm. that we have and just feel like they've always been that way. And it's easy for them. And well, that works for them. And, and yeah. so, so let's bring people into, you know, the, the story that is your story. And yeah, because most of this has had has really come up for you since you started your own business. Is that yes. is that really where it really started to get more clear what your needs were? Yes. Well, actually, you know, in my personal life, I I had already accepted that I'm super introverted and I need a lot of alone time. And I just I had it nailed there. I just knew, you know, when I see people on a Wednesday night, then I'm not seeing anyone on a Thursday night, you know, or I make one appointment per weekend stuff like that so i i just i found that you surrendered balance. to a while yes ago. yes and i am the queen of boundaries and saying no and choosing my own self-care i'm just super fucking good at that that's what i learned thanks to being introverted so you know when i started my business i was just i didn't really think it would be an issue. I had this ideal picture in my mind where I was, you know, and I started working as a coach, as a career coach, working with people who didn't know what they wanted with their job and they weren't happy. And I was like, oh man, this is so cool. I'm just sitting at home doing my own thing. And then like twice a week, the doorbell rings and there's a client and we talk and, and they go home and we're both happy. And then at the end of the month, I write invoices and I live happily ever after. That was just <laughs> what I, that was my idea of having your own business, super naive. And I never thought about, well, where are those clients coming from? You know, <laughs> I, I never thought about that. Yeah, well, where are they coming from? They just, they show up on your doorstep like magic. <laughs> and turned out that that wasn't really what happened. So I did have clients, but those first year and a half, two years of my business, I didn't have a website. I didn't go to networking events. I didn't go anywhere, basically. I was and just this is, but just to let everybody know, this is back about 2003, just so yes, we, we're going to create a little timeline here. Yeah. <laughs> yes, 2003. I was just so happy to not be surrounded by people all day long, like you are in a job, you know? And all that freedom and alone time, I was just, I was so relieved and so happy. And then, you know, I did have clients uh, from people who knew that I started for myself and they asked me, can I work with you? And then I said, yes. And then I worked with them. And, um, but then after a year and a half financially, I was seeing, yeah, no, this is not, this is not going to work. 
this is not going to work. I'm going to have to do marketing. I'm going to, I need a website. So I started to do all that, got a website, did marketing, and then I did get more clients. Um, but then that was really the start of a roller. No, not a roller coaster, but a, a cycle where I either had, and the only thing I was selling back then was private coaching. So one-to-one okay. coaching. Um, I didn't have any group programs. I didn't have any online programs. So basically when I wasn't working with clients, I wasn't making money. So the cycle that I was in was I either had enough clients and enough money, but then I did not have enough alone time or I had enough alone time and then I did not have enough money. So I was always, it was always one or the other. And then, you know, when the money situation became too tight, I started doing more marketing, started getting more clients and then I always reached that point again where I was like oh I'm just fed up with people go away and then I started downsizing on the number of clients and sank back into not having enough money and for a long time I just thought that that was part of the deal that that was just the way it was. And then online programs became a thing here in the Netherlands. We, we were always a bit behind compared to you in the United States. So I jumped on that bandwagon pretty quickly. I thought, oh, that is so cool. Online programs and then group things so I can leverage my time more. But still, even though I created an online program and offered group programs, Still, that same cycle continued where enough money or enough alone time and never at the same time. And I didn't understand it. And I thought that there was something wrong with me. And at the same time, I, yeah, I kind of knew that maybe it could be different but I didn't, I really didn't know. And I also, I didn't understand it. I thought it was so weird to be a coach, to work with people, to absolutely love people. But then when you're around people too often, I can't stand them. None of yes. them. All of humanity can just, you, you know. You said fuck off. Let's just away. say fuck off. Fuck off. <laughs> they can just fuck off as far as I'm concerned. And I was, that's really what I felt. But I also thought, yeah, but that's weird. How? How does this work inside of me? So there was always that part of me that thought that there was something wrong wrong. with me. Yes. Yeah. So so let me pause you there to... uh, So I gave you a little heads up on this in the green room while we were prepping. Mm -hmm. So uh, my daughter, Bella, who's in the episode previous to this one, she's 15. And I told her I'm interviewing this woman. She calls herself a hermit. And Mm -hmm. she just went off. She's just like, what? She's a coach. And how could she be a hermit when she's a coach? And how is she ever going to find love? And she had all these questions. I'm going to interject questions from Bella age 15 into this conversation. So she, she asked, why are you a coach? She said, in her words, why are you a coach if you don't enjoy conversation? So obviously there's an assumption that a hermit doesn't enjoy conversation. So how, what would you say to, the, I, I am curious, like, why are you a coach if it really is involves people? Like, would you, wouldn't you pick something that didn't involve people? <laughs> yeah, well, uh, that's a really cool question. And I'm certain that a lot of people think that, but just don't have the guts to ask it. So <laughs> I love that she asked this. Well, that's, and I, I have this actually, I think I have it. Yeah. Like in my Twitter bios and, and, and social media bios, I have this little sen- sentence that says, um, loves people in moderation. And that's exactly <laughs> yes. what it is. I love people. I love, you know, connecting with people. I love coaching. I absolutely adore it. But there is a limit to how much of that I can handle or not handle, how much of that I can enjoy. Enjoy, yes. That's the key because handle, I can handle anything. Do I enjoy it? No. Um, 
That so that's the that's the the key. And some yeah, people you're and a I hermit think, that loves people, but in yes, moderation. Definitely <laughs> in moderation. That's the key. That's and, the key. and in, moderation in moderation is is your your scale of moderation, right? Like, yes. You know that's the key. And my and, scale. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And I think it's it it's different. You know, it's a scale from introvert to extrovert, and everyone is somewhere on that scale. Um, and I'm more to the extreme introvert side. And I remember <laughs> saying to Aryan, my partner, I said, you know, I said to him many years ago, I said, you know, you know, I'm I'm someone I need to be alone around 75% of my time. And he looked at me and he said, oh, God, no. And I was like, yeah. And I thought he meant like, yeah, 15. He said, really? Do you know yourself? You need at least 90%. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, hmm, you know what? I think you're right. I think you're right. Yeah, 90% of the time alone. That sounds about right. <laughs> I'm so glad you brought him up because that's another question that Bella asked. Yeah. Um, and we didn't know. I didn't know you had a partner at the time. But she said, how will you ever find love if you don't enjoy speaking with people? And so let's hold, hold that piece of it. Because I also yeah. have a piece of like, obviously, this man loves you. He gets you more than you get yourself. At least he did in that yes. particular conversation. <laughs> so is he extroverted and just or he just enjoys time alone, too? And so you're both enjoying a lot of time alone in separate parts of the house? Or how does it how does it work being in relationship and what adjustments, if any, have you had to make in order to to be in relationship and have that time you need? Um, well, he's pretty introverted as well. Okay. Not as much as I am. He likes to be around people a lot more than I do. And the way we solve that is pretty simple. We each have our own home. We're always together in one of our homes. <laughs> But hey, we well, each have you our said own, own home. home, right? You said you each have yeah. your own home. I fucking yes. love that. And it's still making me laugh because <laughs> <laughs> it's really simple. We just each have our own home. Yeah. And and I love it because couples won't even entertain the idea of sleeping in different beds because they feel like they're, oh, that's not how it's done. And you shouldn't do that. And when you get married, you sleep, you know, or when you're with somebody for your life, yeah. you sleep together. And I love how you're just like, we just have our own home. Yeah. That's beautiful. We just have our own home. And then, you know, we, we are always together because I can be with him in the same room, but still be in my own bubble right? where we don't have to speak. We just enjoy each, other com each other's company. And you can tell Bella that I love speaking with people. I do. Again, just in, in moderation. moderation. Yes. In moderation. But yeah, we did have... Um, and that's because I never wanted children. That is something that I knew from a very young age. Well, for someone who needs to be alone 90% of the time, that makes sense. That would children. cramp your style for sure. Oh my God. In the alone, would, in the alone yeah, time department. <laughs> it would definitely cramp my style and I would not have been a good mother. Absolutely not. Um, so I never wanted children. Children, And then I met Aryan, and he had children he was divorced and he was co-parent so his kids and they were then three and six uh they were with him half of the time and then i was there often too but then you know when it was too busy or too crowded i either went back to my own home or i just went upstairs i was like oh, okay okay it's a little bit too busy for me here bye and sometimes even you know people came to visit him and then there were visitors and there were his kids and <laughs> Uh, and then I said, okay, well, people enjoy yourselves. Bye. And I just went upstairs and I just went upstairs, read a book, you know, and a lot of people thought that was rude or weird or crazy or antisocial. And, um, and he was like, yeah, no, it's fine with me. It's cool. She does what she wants to do. And I do what I want to do. I want to entertain people now and she doesn't want to be there. Fine. I don't mind. And I think that that's, the key to any relationship to love and treasure one another for who they really are and not for who you think they should be. Ah, uh, yes. And I think that's the key, right? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. A million yeses on that. Yeah. And so simple, yet yeah. seemingly so difficult 
when we are attached to the story of typical yeah. convention, which I yes. question, I question a lot. <laughs> I am unconventional in many, many ways. I'm still finding ways that I, that I'm like, oh my gosh, I like, I'm, I'll talk about that in a little bit, but where I was like blind to where I was being very conventional, but you know, my husband and I've been married 25 years and uh, 26 years actually coming up here mm. in May wow. and such the key, like such a simple thing to allow that person to be who they're going to be, but it does like the, to the extent that you're describing, it really necessitates questioning what's rude and what's polite and what's like you said, what's antisocial and what's not. And, you know, we often are, you know, we're like, we like typically look at what plans we're going to do, whether we're going to be a family or whatever, and kind of doing what's right. And so, I, I so love this conversation and, and something I wanted to revisit from what you shared earlier was that you're the queen of boundaries and yeah. saying no in your personal life. How if people ask me this all the time. How did I get so unapologetic? How did you get to be the queen of boundaries? Like, how, you know, like it, it, people, yes, I feel like I need to ask you that because people ask me all the time yeah. about how did you get to not care what people think and how did you and I I have answers that are not coming to me in this moment but I'm just curious what your answer is and how you got to be the queen of boundaries and saying no well uh thank you Anna Hermit that's really what helped me because um you know when you grow up you grow up in a family and then you go to school and then you're surrounded by people pretty much 24 7 right and even though as a kid, I had no idea that I needed alone time or whatever, you know, you don't think about things like that. I just knew that I wanted to be left alone and read a book. And then, you know, maybe a friend came around and asked if I wanted to go play, but I didn't, I didn't want to, I wanted to read my book. And then I just said no, because on a very deep level, I just felt that it was crucial to say no in order to, and now I can see why that was, you know, in order to have enough alone time. And your parents didn't and override that, which is important. It sounds like they, they didn't force you to go out and play. No, they didn't force me to go out and play. No, no. And they did try, well, they did. And that's another thing. You know, when I just mentioned that a part of me still always thought that there was something wrong with me for being a hermit, I did always hear from my parents and also teachers that like, you know, okay, maybe now when you're a kid, you can be this way. But the moment you're grown up, you cannot be the way you are in this society. You will never find love if you stay the way you are. That yeah. was what Bella said. How yeah. will you ever find love if you don't address Exactly. Because that's an assumption, right? That's me. It's an assumption. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, and you can never find a job and you will never be able to support yourself. You cannot be the way you are in wow. the way the world is. That's the message I always got. And somehow, even though I always rebelled against that message... I still internalized it. I still started to believe it. And especially when I noticed in my business, you know, that cycle that I just described, I was like, yeah, okay. So maybe they were right. And maybe my business is around 90% ideal for me now. Maybe that's really all that is possible. And I should just suck it up and accept that that last 10% is is just never going to happen. And I should be super grateful that I even managed to make my business and life 90% ideal. That is already more than what I see around me and other people. So maybe I should just count my blessings. And maybe there's something wrong with me for even wanting more than that, because I already have it so good. And maybe there's something wrong with me for not being able to make it 100% ideal. There were always two things. On the one hand, I thought, maybe this is it. 
maybe this is just what I have to learn to live with. But there was also always a part of me that thought, no, fuck it. This cannot be it. I do not accept that. I do not accept that. But that was, that was just a frustrating phase to be in. Well, frustrating. Yeah, frustrating and also confusing. Like, so how? How am I going to change that? How? I don't know. Is it even possible? Yes. So that brings us back to where we left off with the story. Yeah. So you were in this cycle of either you had enough clients and money and not enough alone time, or you had enough alone time and not enough clients and money. And you saw the cycle and you thought that's where the 90% was. You're like, I guess this is how it's it. It's going to be this cycle. And at some point though, you said, I do not accept that. Yes. (laughs) So tell us what happened next. Yeah. Well, that's, I was just telling you about the business coach I was working with and, um, and I was uh, already mentioning to her regularly, oh, my inner hermit isn't happy. And then we made some changes. And then, so I worked with her for a year and the, the new business that I started, you know, with a new audience and working in English instead of in Dutch in the Netherlands only, um, it was very successful. It was really successful. I was doing well. And which was great. The downside was that I could already feel again that pressure of, oh my God, I'm too busy. Busy as in having too much interaction. And then, you know, we were talking, it was November, we were talking about my plans for the new year, 2013, because I wanted to grow my business even further. And so we were looking at, okay, so how how can you do that? And we were bouncing around ideas and I could feel my inner hermit was just, you know, restless and, and saying things like, are you sure about this? And this feels really busy, but I was also, I was excited about my plans, you know? So I didn't listen to my inner hermit and we kept on talking about the plans. And then my inner hermit got louder, 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 louder until I could just, I could just feel this no erupt mm. from the depths of my being. And, and my coach was saying something and I just blurted out, no, no, <laughs> I am. No, I'm not going to do it. I am done being a crappy hermit. I want to be a happy hermit instead. <laughs> it stops here. I'm not going to do it anymore. And even though in that moment I had no idea how I could change it or what needed to change, I didn't even know if it was possible, but I was just fed up, you know, and that's always the case when you, when you change something, it's either because your desire pulls you forward or the pain became unbearable. And in this case, the pain became unbearable. I was like, no, no, it stops here. I'm going to figure this out. Even if it's going to be the last thing I do, I'm going to figure this out because I'm not going to accept this and tolerate this any longer. And that's the beginning of the change. (laughs) And I want to know, I want to know more about the change. And I, and I want to pause to just say how like powerful it is like that Because as you were saying, you know, I just couldn't take it anymore. It had to change. You know, we've had Mm -hmm. several people on the show that have tried to commit suicide. Obviously, none of them were Mm -hmm. successful because they're on the show. But several people, like I would say 20% of the people on the show in some way shared and maybe more that didn't share had tried to commit suicide because they could not. They couldn't take it anymore. And they didn't see a way out. Like they, they yeah. felt that the, that what was expected of them or what was wrong with them, what they thought what was wrong with them was something that could not be changed and, or felt too scary to change or just, they couldn't see their way out of it. So I still, yeah. I'm, I, I feel like you are a particularly exceptional person in that you, and I don't know if you know this really to the full extent, like that you were able to feel that big guttural no come up 
and hear it and let it come out of your mouth and really decide like, you know what? No, like I'm, I'm going to figure out how to way to do this or I'm not going to do it. And I, yeah. and really that, you know, that would be, don't do the business, don't do a business, which would be a huge, you know, a huge, probably disappointment, but for you, it, it was, it was worth that. And I, I just really yes. want to acknowledge that in you. And really, I'm so grateful that you are doing the work you're doing because that's really fucking hard <laughs> to listen, <laughs> to truly, really listen to those inner, you know, sometimes the guttural no doesn't come out and we force it down. And then we're yeah. dealing with addictions and all kinds of depression and all kinds of other stuff, but that has not been your path. And I'm really happy no. it hasn't been because your work is so important. <laughs> yeah. But do bear in mind that it did take me all those years. I mean, we're talking about starting my business in 2003 and this moment happening in November, 2012. Mm. And all that time I accepted that it wasn't perfect. And at the same time, also do remember that it was 90% ideal. So, you know, for a lot of people that would already be enough. It's just that that's not enough for me because I'm an all or nothing kind of person. Yeah. Well, and I, yeah. I, I, really appreciate that because all the reasons that you said that you should have been, that you felt like you should have been happy with 90% are all the same yeah. reasons that people aren't happy with 50% or aren't happy yes. with like 80%, you know, like they're yeah. like, we apply the same reasoning and the same excuses and the same questioning of like, well, who do, who am I to be like hundred percent happy? Like when people yeah. are suffering and, you know, and like all that other, like, you know, comparing ourselves yeah. and how, where, where do, you know, how do we dare go for, you know, something so idealized as that. And yeah. so I really also, that's such an important part of who you are is that you're not willing to compromise. And I'm very similar. I have a low, I, I'm still, I feel like you're more advanced in this area. <laughs> I, I have a low, I say I have a low tolerance for not feeling good. Yes. And, I, and I, for the most part, don't do stuff that doesn't feel good, which sometimes yeah. doesn't align with, you know, what other people think I should be doing, particularly where there's obligations mm -hmm. and things like that involved. But I, I still think, girl, you are, <laughs> you are a master. And I, uh, I'm so appreciative of the space that you hold because right. Even if we're someone around you is not going for hundred percent, but they're going for 90 because they're so far from that. I feel like you have so much you can contribute to them. Mm, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So then what did you do? How, how did you make this business work? Cause I'm actually super curious. I have an idea of possibly what, what you did and, and, you know, obviously, and you know, that I, in my work with unmentoring people, I am all about yeah. creating something that they love. And it often is saying no to stuff and being more selective and really honoring yourself and your expertise. And so that we're, we're very much in the, on the same, uh, mission in our, in the world. Yeah, yeah. And so, but I'm curious, I'm just really curious how you've created it for yourself to make it work, to have enough money and enough clients and 90% alone time. Yeah. Well, um, the, the practical part was the easy part. And so I can tell you the practical things that I did. I can tell you that in three sentences, I raised the prices of my private coaching. I created more online programs and I um, work with groups more. That's really it, you know, and that way you create a scalable business. That's the easy part. And, you know, now I have several books out and, and books are a marketing tool as well in itself or instrument or whatever you want to call it. So, you know, it's, um, you can automate and all of that. That's, the easy part, the practical part. But the real work was the inner part. And where I started from that moment, like the, no, I'm not going to do this. I'm going to be a happy hermit. The first thing I did was I took my 2013 calendar. I always have it on paper. I love pen and paper. And um, it was actually my coach who said that. She said, okay, the first thing you're going to do is you're going to feel into, we talk to one another in two weeks. And what you're going to do is you're going to feel into how many appointments 
do you want to make per week? You know, just look at your schedule and feel into it. Yeah, that's, so what, that's, I, what, I, that's I, what I do. I look at my calendar and I'm going to do this better now after talking to you, girl, but I look <laughs> at my calendar and I really can feel, I really could look at my day and I could feel, does it feel good? And like, I, that's why I can never have anybody do my calendar because I, yeah. that's how I I know. So you, so you yeah. did that. You looked at your calendar. Yeah. The- I looked at my calendar and it was still empty because it was for the new year. So it was okay. brand new, completely empty. I looked at it and I started imagining like, okay, imagine that this page is filled with 10 appointments and I could feel my insides go, no, God, no. <laughs> I said, okay, 10 is too much. <laughs> then let's go down to eight and I imagine seeing eight appointments on my schedule and I was like oh god no eight no 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 then I brought it down to six at this point we were going well how the fuck am I going to do this but you just kept I was already (laughs) thinking that so I still felt like a knot in my stomach when I thought about six because I thought six wait a minute. And this includes everything, you know, from conversations with my own coach to sales conversations, to a call with my accountant, to a client call, everything. Six, how is that going to work? But yeah, okay, let's forget about the how. Six, yeah, that feels spacious. So two weeks after that conversation, I came back to my coach and she said, okay, so where did you land? And I said, well, six appointments per week and she said are you sure and I said no but I don't know how I'm gonna make it work with and I just heard myself say it I said okay yeah no six is still too many and she's okay so just feel into it again and we'll figure out the how later and I said okay and then I started feeling into it and I landed on four And when I imagined that I had four appointments on my schedule, I just felt a sense of relief and inner peace. And, you know, it was like unicorns and rainbow. And and it felt, I thought, yeah, four, it's four. And so I came back again to her and I said, yeah, it's four. And so then we started to look at, okay, so with four, so how much you need to raise your fees for private coaching, group programs, etc. So the practical aspect wasn't that hard. The only thing left to do was to really make sure that I never planned more than four appointments. Yeah, that's, that's what I was going to say. That's where the, the rubber meets the road. Queen and no, queen and yeah. no, Lisa. I'm good at that. So, you know, when there were four appointments right. in my schedule and someone said, okay, do you have space this week? But if I had four appointments, I said, no. It's a miracle that we were able to schedule this interview. And I was thinking, <laughs> I, and I, I'm, glad, I'm like partly joking and partly not because I had read that and what you had submitted to be on the show. And then I had this opening just that, you know, and I'm like, all right, I, yeah. I sent you an email. I said, let's see if the universe this is the plan. I said, because obviously you have four appointments per week. I said, you know, and I had this interview on this day, this opening to be interviewed and you were available. Now that seems like, I would just think you'd be booked up all the time with your four appointments, but maybe you had a cancellation just like I did. I don't know. (laughs) Well, and that is so funny because I looked at my schedule and there were already four appointments in there. But I thought, yeah, no, but I just want to talk to Lisa. I just want to make this happen. So whatever, you know, I mean, my happy hermit regime, as I call it, (laughs) it's just, I nailed it. You know, I usually even have less than four appointments. So if there's a week with five appointments, I'm cool with that. So I planned our appointment, felt really good about it. And then yesterday, at the very last moment, one of my appointments canceled. So I still ended up... It's so cool. But so, you know, the practical aspect was really easy and saying no. And then, and the only thing that was difficult was all the inner crap that got stirred up. All these voices of, I felt insecure about making this decision um, because I felt ashamed and weird. It still felt like there was something wrong with me. 
And it still felt like I had this feeling that there, I was ashamed. And at the same time, I realized that there was nothing to be ashamed about, but it was something that I picked up from my environment. But the shame was still there. It was still there. So the most important thing to make all this work was to completely and fully own this part of me and to embrace it and to accept it. Acceptance comes before owning. I mean, owning it when you come from a place of shame, that's, that's too big of a step. So acceptance came first. And that took me a while. That and the, um, for so many years, you know, because of that cycle of either enough clients and money or enough alone time, that I realized that I also had this ingrained belief that you can only grow your business and, and make more money when you do more, when you work harder. And so I, I've, I always had this ingrained belief, and I only realized it then, that I always had to choose between either success or freedom. Mm, wow. And then I always choose freedom. I'm all about freedom. That's my number one value. And until I became aware of that ingrained belief, and I became aware of it because I made this decision... And only then I could, could I change it. And so the self-acceptance and the owning of all of who I am, the self-acceptance, owning of all that I am, exact myself, accepting myself exactly as I am, letting go of that shame. And I even, the happy hermit was my brand for a couple of years. It's, uh, it's the art of divine selfishness now, but it was the happy hermit. Well, I was. just okay. claimed it completely. I just completely claimed it and owned it. And then I myself grew into it step by step. And I think it took me, I think it took me a year to grow into it, to really start to feel comfortable with it. And what really helped was because I started calling myself a happy hermit, so many people resonated with it. Yes. And they were like, oh my God. God, and not just introverts, absolutely, totally introverts, but also a lot of my clients are extroverts, but they, what they resonate with is the idea that you can build your business and your life around who you are, instead of trying to squeeze yourself into a mold or a model that's already there and that's considered normal. And, and I say, and I'm living proof of that, you know, you know, no, you can absolutely you, you are the foundation of everything. You are the foundation and of your business and of your life. And you should always strive to see how you can mold your business and your life around yourself, around your needs, your wants, your desires. And that is a very, very, very attractive idea to a lot of people because a lot of people feel that in this world or in their business or in their family or nowhere really, they can fully be themselves. People are rarely feeling free enough to be completely themselves. And that's what I... You know, that's why I so resonate with your Get Fucking Real podcast and the work that you do, because you are all about that realness. And the, the, the first step to changing it is to realize, you know, what the fuck am I doing? Yes. What the fuck am I doing? I think that's one of your commandments. I think it's the first one, you know, what am I tolerating? Yes. Yeah. The first commandment, don't compromise with the confession question. Yes. What am I tolerating? Exactly. And I think that that is the way most people even, I think, live. They're, they are tolerating this and they're compromising on that. And it all seems normal because everyone does it. And the message I think everyone gets from a really young age is you cannot be who you are. This is how you should behave. This is what you should do. This is the norm. This is what expected. This is the way things are done. 
and this is the way you should be. Those are the messages we all get. And I got those messages. And for me, it was like the, the hermit part of me was condemned is a big word, but kind of, yeah. The selfish part of me was also condemned. And that is so, yeah, that was what I was going to say a couple of minutes ago. So very often, the part of you that was most suppressed as a kid, the mm. part of you that was you were most told you cannot be like that. 99% of all times, that is your gold. That <laughs> is your gift. That is your power. That is your strength. Because now I see that my inner hermit and my divine selfishness that I learned as a result of that, those are my strengths. Those are what people want to learn from me. And so often I hear from people, you know, just reading things, reading your blogs or hearing you say something. I feel so relieved and I feel that as if you just gave me permission to do something in my own way as well. It's my strength. Oh, Brigitte. <laughs> the part most suppressed as a kid is your gold. Yes. Girl, that is some major wisdom there. Major, major wisdom. Mm -hmm. I did not realize how much alone time I needed until the, I'm going to say something controversial, blessing of the pandemic. Mm -hmm. I yeah. obviously I know pandemic sucked in a lot of different ways, but for the purpose of this conversation and, and how it served me, it was remarkable how comfortable I was with stopping pretty much everything. And yeah. in my relationship, I am the extrovert. My husband is the introvert. And so I, like, I automatically more identified with the extrovert part of myself because it was in a contrast to and he is pretty darn introverted, like really enjoys, really, really enjoys his alone time and, and, and him being home and not having to go to an office for uh, well over a year has been hugely beneficial for him. And, yeah. and me, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> well, let me just say, I don't love having people in my space all the time. I really enjoyed having the house to myself, which I also didn't realize how much I enjoyed. Mm -hmm. And I, I feel like it is one of those aspects of life that you I don't know that I would ever know that how would I have ever yeah. been the given the occasion to experience life with completely free weekends with with yeah. no peopling for a long time except for my daughter and my husband like when would I ever have that opportunity except for the extreme you know uh circumstances of 2020 and so yeah. that's also what really made me even more intrigued to speak with you because I do feel like I have found my inner hermit you know on <laughs> some level I really do like I I I need at least one day in the weekend where I am where I am like mostly hanging around the bed <laughs> you yeah. know like leave the bed to eat yes. <laughs> leave, yes. leave the bed to maybe do a little bit you know like change the laundry or whatever but like just no shoulds yeah. and just you know you know like that isolation and and maybe I wouldn't need such an extreme thing if I had more you know but there is a, a, a mm -hmm. I have an, a very much of awareness of the recovery that is needed and yeah. I've even started talking about how as leaders not only do we have ups and downs just like everybody else but we have ins and outs yes and and in the navigation of dealing with the pandemic and all its impact on our lives I was saying you know I did a love I did something in April 2020 called the love fest for leaders. And I just was feeling like mm -hmm. we all need to like come together and really acknowledge, like we are going to have to take that in time to get to a place yeah. where we can be out and serving and supporting others through all this, but we need to have our in time. And I don't even think I really got to the level, I <laughs> got the level up to the extent that that was going to be. So yeah. So, uh, so my, ha my inner hat, my inner hermit is, feels very validated <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like I could be the hermit in this conversation because my husband ain't here. Cause he would be totally <laughs> like, you think you're a hermit. So I just, I love this. The part, the part most suppressed as a kid is your gold. And I really invite everybody listening to really like drop into the truth of that for themselves. So, so, yeah. so beautiful. Oh, let's see. I wanted to check in on Bella's question. 
So mm-hmm. we answered her question, why the number four? So we, you definitely answered that uh, very thoroughly. And then, oh, I think this is a great question to end on. Thank you, Bella Cherney. What, <laughs> she says, what are you actively doing to change the perceived connotation of hermit? Absolutely nothing. <laughs> Except being you, being out and Except proud. being who I am. Yeah, yeah. I don't feel it is my job nor my responsibility to change people's perception on anything, including hermits. Yes. So that's... <laughs> that's a great answer. That's an awesome answer. That's my answer. Yeah. And I yes. love the question. I love her yeah. questions. Give her my love and tell her she... I will. I will. And you'll want to listen to that. Her episode is a, yes. is a really yes. a delight to have had that opportunity to have her on the show. So this has been amazing. Um, I just want to check in. I think, I think the like for this final bit here, I would ask, is there anything else you want to share about how your your uh, process of owning mm-hmm. how that is serving you in as, in your in your work in the world and your for your mission here on the planet well i think there are two sides to it one i think in general every person who owns who they are and who are unapologetically themselves i think every person who does that is a blessing for all of mankind mm. because in being who you are, you automatically in your beingness, in your energy, you give everyone else permission to be that too. And you help everyone else slow down and connect inwards just by being yourself. So I think that is one part of it. And the other part is that uh, the reason I am really good at coaching people and the reason I can write books and blogs and really touch people with that and inspire them is because I can do that because I have all this time to just be. So when I am with other people, I am 100% present. I'm there fully. You have my full and undivided attention. And when I write I write about all the things that I processed and realized and the insights that I got as a result of being on my own and having all this time to chew on things and to explore my own inner world. So I think that's my answer to this question. You said that you came to a place where you felt like you needed to choose between success and freedom and you chose freedom. And what I would say is by choosing freedom, you created your own success. Yes. Well, the the shift I made there was that I ended up choosing both. You redefine success, which I'm exactly, I'm a super fan of redefining our success. Yes. Yes. So thank you for doing that so that we can, meet this happy hermit that is Brigitte. (laughs) And I'm so excited to share your story. So thank you. Thank you. Well, I feel totally enlightened on the ways of being a hermit and I am having a bit of envy. (laughs) And I hope that this really inspires you to claim more of who you are when it comes to how much time, uh, alone time that you need and other different types of time that you need in your life. Brigitte's favorite commandment was number one, which is don't compromise. That GFR commandments confession question is, what am I tolerating? And it really is a great, when people say to me, ask me in interviews, like, where do I start? You know, speaking my truth or, you know, making changes in my business. I always say, start with commandment number one, because the what am I tolerating question really is very revealing. If you don't have your GFR commandments, y'all know what I'm going to say, go to gfr.life forward slash 12C, make sure you grab your commandments. It's kind of a primer for enjoying life. No, enjoying the podcast, enjoying your business. And if you really resonated with what we talked about today, it's going to give you a really great way to apply it. In addition to Brigitte's amazing freebie, which is her ebook, Put Yourself First, Baby. It's really good. 
And uh, we put a link to that in the show notes. And then she does some coaching with me for the GFR squad bonus. It's really good. I talk about something very personal to me that I haven't come out about in public yet, a place in my life where I am not putting myself first, a place where I don't feel like I'm like fully ignoring the need for people's approval or validation, which that may surprise you all, but there is a place I've uncovered this year where I have really been unconscious. So if you want to know about that and uh, you want to hear Brigitte um, supporting me with that, then pay the 20 bucks (laughs) and become a GFR squad member. And of course, that also gives you access to a monthly community confession call where we just take one of these commandments and we talk about it. And it's become a really beautiful, lively community where we don't require confession or participation, but it really gives you a space to do that, let your hair down and connect with people. And then that increases your confidence and your courage and your motivation to get out there in the world because you, in sharing with us your stuff, you will love yourself more. And who doesn't want more of that? So join the GFR squad, get your commandments and subscribe to the show if this is your first time with us because there's a ton of amazing stories that we still have yet to share and I don't want you to miss any of them. All right, over and out for now.